Thanks for checking out the Reveal Vineyard podcast. We are a Jesus-centered community in El Mirage, Arizona. We hope through these conversations your spirit will be stirred. For more information, you can visit our website at www.revealvineyard.com. So we've been in this series called Fresh Air, Learning to Renew the Soul. And the last several, several weeks, and we've been asking the question, what is required of us to keep ourselves in a pocket of, of fresh air? Because really, we all know that there are seasons of life and hardships uh, that, that meet us on the road of life, and it can get polluted very easily. And if we aren't careful, life can easily get the best of us. And so last week, Marty spoke on, on joy and choosing joy, and that that's a choice, and we've... Uh, some other things we've talked about has been guarding your heart and emotional boundaries and, and worry. And this morning, we're taking a little bit of, a, of a, different, a different approach to what renews the soul. This is something that I personally, continually am learning to be more courageous in and intentional with. It's something that I, I see all throughout the scriptures to be a vital way uh, to how we view and see God in our relationship to him. And I'm going to say this word, though, fair warning, and it's just going to polarize the room, not because I want it to, but because that's just what it's going to do. And I just, if you don't feel like you have this, please don't tune out. Please don't be discouraged. Um, please keep listening. And this word, this concept, really kind of has separated our society into the you have it or you don't have it. And what I hope we all walk away with this morning is that God's intention and design for us all is to see ourselves in this way. And so this word, this subject, this idea that we're going to be speaking on this morning is creativity. Now again, don't tune me out. You've probably just lumped yourself into I am creative or I am not creative. And for the non-creatives, you're saying, well, I'm not an artist. I never learned an instrument. I don't write poetry, never been in drama, never care. I mean, not that's outside of my own life, right? I uh, don't care to be um, an actor or an actress. <clears throat> but I'm asking that maybe you would be open to a new idea, a new definition a broader, bigger, fuller picture of more futuristic idea of creativity and, and what that means. Because arts and music and drama are all crafts of creativity, but those are simply just outlets to a bigger idea, a bigger expression of the meaning of life and what it means to be human. And so there's more to creating than what we might currently think. And scripture says that you... You all have it. It's not you are born with it or you're born without it. Scripture says that not some, but all are born with the capacity to create. And too many of us have bought into the lie that there are creatives and non-creatives. And that this mentality, you're born with it or you're not. And Scripture speaks a different narrative. And so we're going to look into that this morning. And I hope that... You're able to breathe in some fresh air this morning with it. That you are able to maybe see yourself as a creative. Maybe you never have. That there is unleashed, um, there's untapped potential that's within all of us that's just waiting to be unleashed. 
if we could just open our eyes to a new perspective. And for some, I hope that this maybe revitalizes your faith this morning. See, a couple of years ago, I read this book called The Artisan's Soul by Erwin McManus. And um, I'll be honest with you, as the pastor of worship and creative arts at Reveal, I struggle with finding myself as a creative. Um, one, I'm so worried and fearful about what people might think of the things that I, I create that I, I just don't create out of the fear of rejection, or I don't find myself to be good enough to, to be uh, just, I guess, to carry, to carry that title. And so I, I read this book, and there was a community group that was going on with the artist and soul at the time, and I was kind of doing that together. And this group, we would meet, and we would challenge each other not only to create, but to share what we've been creating. And there are all sorts of crafts there. My favorite creative act was probably those that love cooking and baking because they would bring their stuff every week and we'd get to eat it and try it. Amen, right? And so, but there were other things there too and we would just share weekly, our, you know, photography, art, music, poetry, home projects. There were some out-of-the-box uh, out things like etch-a-sketch art and, and uh, we we're just trying to expand our horizons. Whether it was good or bad, we, we didn't care. And so, you know, all types of trades, students, managers, educators, nurses, hairstylists, we were, we were all there. And then from that stemmed a group that my friend and I will periodically invite other creatives to, and we just call it the Artisan Soul uh, Night, where we, we invite people to come and we just share what we've been creating, what we've been working on, why we've been doing that, and, and what it means to us, and then spending some time uh, worshiping God through through song. And so a lot of uh, this morning's message, it stems from this book. So if any of this piques your curiosity or you want to learn more, I would highly recommend that you go out and check the book, uh, The Artisan Soul by Erwin McManus, um, because it has honestly challenged me to reorient my thinking, not only as a creator, but really what it means to be human. And so, um, which ultimately is my relationship with, with Jesus Christ. So uh, before we kind of move on, one thing that... Uh, I have learned and my, uh, our students have learned at Reveal, our youth students, is uh, that I get the privilege to hang out with, is that sometimes it's, it's nice to have something like tactile uh, in your hands that you can like fidget with or whatever, and it, it can just help like, I don't know, somehow it just helps you think outside of the box, or if you're me, you can't hold an attention span for longer than three minutes, you can kind of uh, have this in your hands to be playing with. So there's some things that I just kind of put in the seats that you guys have full authority and full freedom. I think first service, they left some like little prizes, little giraffe crafts and stuff with the Play-Doh I saw. Um, but you guys have full authority to play with those. You're not going to be in trouble. Um, doesn't mean that you're tuned out or anything like that. It just means that not everyone can sit and hear someone talk for, oh, you know, as long as I'm going to talk. So um, there's Play-Doh, like I said. Um, there's some sketch pads. There's a couple Mr. Potato Heads floating around. You know what I love about Mr. Potato Heads? Who says the ear has to go in the ear? Like, you, can, you want the ear to be an eye that day? You, you do that. Like, that is, that is your playground of imagination. And then there's some Rubik's Cubes and stuff like that. So have at it. It helps me to focus so you get full authority to have ADD today in church. All right? <clears throat> so um, anyway, moving on. We're going to talk about Creator God. So again, like I'm always having conversations with our youth students, if you really want to know about God's intention and what his intention is for your life, 
and what that looks like to be in relationship with him, you really need to go back to the beginning. And so that's where we're starting this morning, Genesis 1. You know, we can debate all day long until we're blue in the face about was the earth created in a literal seven days? Is it flat earth versus global earth? Big bang theory versus creationism? Fact versus poetic metaphor? But what really isn't up for debate is how the scriptures depict God as a creator. And so... Um, what we're going to do is we're going to read together the very first breath of scripture. And so if you can all stand, we're going to read Genesis 1, 1, go a little old school here. All right. So Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He did what? I'm sorry. He created. Yes, he created. That is so great. Good job. You guys can uh, sit down and stand back up. Just kidding, we're not at mass. Um, okay, so um, anyway, so yes, he created, right? We see this from the very beginning. God is foretold as the master painter, the sophisticated sculptor, the most elaborate engineer, and the innovator of all innovators. And God opens his mouth and light bursts forth, right? Talk about a big bang. And he paints the sky and he gathers waters um, in one place so that dry land can appear. And he starts creating stuff from stuff and earth starts to sprout vegetation and plants yield seeds that create more of themselves. And he, he creates a way to tell time and he separates the night from the day and dots in some glimmers in the night sky and we call them stars. And God looks back at his creation And he says that it was all good, but he wasn't done. He wanted to keep going. It wasn't finished. And so he kept creating and he, he dreamt up living creatures of all kinds, livestock and creatures moving along the ground and wildlife and animals of the sea. And they were all unique, especially the platypus. And they were designed with intention. And so bees created hives and ants created colonies. Yet something was still missing because good wasn't good enough for God. And so he puts humans onto the canvas that we call earth. And he creates humanity and he creates humans in his own image, in God's likeness. And there was something special about humans. And God knew that there was something with humanity that was extraordinary in its capacity. And God, he puts humans in charge of everything he created. And he tells the man and the woman to be fruitful and increase in number. So if you've ever had a baby or you have contributed to the act of baby making, you know there's a lot of creative potential in that process, right? Right? Amen. And God says, be creative and create. You guys can laugh in church. It's totally fine, all right? Sex was created by God. Moving on. All right. And so, amen. And so, um, God says, be creative and create and take care of it all and be good stewards of it. And so, with humanity now on the canvas, God takes a step back one final time. And he says, it is very good. See, there's something unique about humans. There's something that sets us apart from all the other species. God spoke and creation burst forth. But there's something distinctive in the role of humans. 
Erwin McManus in The Artist and Soul, he says this, it was only when God created us that he upgraded the compliment and said not only that it was good, but that it was very good. To bring light out of darkness, God needed only to speak. But to bring his image alive in humanity, he needed to breathe his life directly into our lungs. While all of creation declares the glory of God, we humans bear the image of God. See, later in Genesis 2, he gives Adam the creative act of naming all the animals. Parents, you know the responsibility and the creativity that comes with naming a child, right? I mean, it has to have meaning. It has, you know, you need a strong name for your kid. And, and you know, sometimes this name is being carried on and, and passed through. So it, it's really important that it's timeless. And, and uh, you know, if, if all else, you just want it to sound cool, right? And so, you think of this name, and then you have to run it through the filter of all the nicknames that could come out of the name. And, and it's this, this process, this, this problem-solving process is extremely creative. And God says to Adam, you can name all of the animals, anything you want. Be creative. And so Adam's like, okay, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to call these little things ants. God's like, you're getting it. You're good. And then he's like, what, what about this little guy in the air? And he's like, oh, a moth. Okay, that's awesome. Ooh, this thing's beautiful. What do you, what do you want to call this? A tiger. I'm digging it, Adam. You are on a roll. And then he's like, oh, okay. Chimpanzee. Love it, Adam. Keep going. Elephant. Yes, you got it. You're finally getting the hang of it. What about this thing up in the sky? A dodo. Oh, well, we'll leave the name. I'll give you that one. It won't be around long anyway. So we see it from the very beginning that God created everything and he gave us the responsibility as humanity to create and to be creative because we were made in his image. See, the most simplistic of terms that I can put this in, and hopefully the dots are starting to connect a little bit for you, is that God is our creator and he created you in his image, therefore create. We have to get outside of the box on our thinking that society will tell you to color in the lines. And God says, I never put those lines there. Creating is about making the world a better place. To be fruitful and multiply is creating more vibrancy. It is creating more beauty. It is creating and multiplying, not destroying and dividing. It is about being fully alive through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it is also about partnering with God and expanding and developing the potential and capacity that's been placed within you. It's clinging to faith and it's choosing to love and it's holding on tightly to hope that this is the life that God calls each and every one of us into. And it's gonna demand all of you. It's gonna demand all of your passion, all of your courage, all your talent, all your discipline, all your life. A creative life, the artisan life, is one of risk. It is a chips all in moment. And we risk it all for love. See, a creator embraces the dangers that come with living an authentic life. Knowing there will be pushback, knowing there will be failures, knowing that there is fear and harsh critiques, and yet still continually choosing to live life in vibrant color. And all for love. See, Jesus says it this way in John 10.10. 10. He says, I have come that they, they meaning us, I have come that we may have life 
and that we would have it to the full. See, we will never create anything more powerful or significant than our own lives. Meaning the way you live your life, how you choose to live your life, it's the biggest and most impacting creative act that you could ever choose to embrace. We all have the potential to be made fully alive through and in Jesus Christ. And what uh, it, this, this just creates and ignites more love and more beauty in the world. So the question is not, are you creative? What you really should be asking is, what will I create? What will you create? You see, most of us have listened to the wrong voices. And we bit into the lie that our lives are just simply okay in the mundane and in the ordinary. And so we settle for what is seen, whether it be good, bad, or, or mediocre. Because the seen, the seen can be good, but the unseen, who knows, but it has the potential for very good. See, again, going back to the beginning in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, they eat the forbidden fruit, and they hear God, and they hide from his presence in the garden. And God is looking for them, and he says, where are you? And Adam finally responds, and he says, I hid because I was naked and I was afraid. And God's response in chapter 3, verse 11, he says, who told you that you were naked? It's kind of an, a little bit of an odd response, I won't lie. I mean, like for, for me, I'd be like, hey, uh, why'd you do that, stupid? I told you not to do that, right? Or do you realize what you've done? Do you realize what you've just gotten yourself into? But God isn't asking that question. What he's asking, did you catch it? He's asking who. See, God is asking, what other voice did you replace for mine? Who told you that you don't have the capacity to create? Who told you that you aren't creative? Who told you that you were ordinary and average? And when did you decide to settle for a life outside of what God intended for you? When did you decide to settle instead of dreaming and thinking outside of the box? Who told you that there were creatives and then there were the non-creatives? See, many of us have bought in to that lie. And we think that when God was dealing out talent and creativity and capacity and genius that you were just left out of. And it's easy to look at Bible characters, some of the greats, you know, and wish that we had possessed their, their qualities or that we were like them. Like, man, I would really love to be like Joshua. Or I'd love to be like Esther or, or David or Ruth. And, you know, but I could, I could never be like them. God didn't put that, you know, I don't have that same, that same stuff, that same capacity, that same potential. But we only say this because we know their full stories and we know how it ended. But if we went back to the beginning of their stories, we would probably say, I don't want to be like them. Their life is not fun. I don't want their situations. I don't want their baggage. I don't want their stuff. And we can easily look back from the beginning of these, of these Bible character stories and say, you know what, they never had a shot. There's nothing that is special about him or her. But see, the funny thing is the way God does things is he takes a person who looks like they start from a very ordinary beginning and he does something that is so extraordinary that when you look back at their life, you can project back and say, that person was special. 
And this, this is the power of God rewriting our stories. See, when you begin to entrust him with your life, and when you begin to realize that there's only, there's something in your soul that only God can awaken, your story will be rewritten to its first day when you were first born because you are no ordinary human being. I mean, science even tells us this, that we are extraordinary humans. You see, um, neurologically, our brains, infants' brains, are pliable. Babies' brains are pliable up to the age of 12. We're basically high-capacity learners. And if you have an infant, did you know that your baby was a creative genius when they were born? You're probably like, yes, because all of us think our kids are the best, right? But did you know that you were a creative genius when you were born? See, quick survey, by a show of hands, who would say that uh, you're creative? Raise your hand. Sweet, some of you are listening. All right, um, who would say that you are artistic? Interesting, a little less, a little less. All right, who would say that you are a linguistic savant? If you don't know what savant is, don't raise your hand. (laughs) Maybe one, okay. All right. We're just going to go for the win here. If you speak English, raise your hand. Yeah. All right. Okay. So here's the deal. You probably, most of you in this room, did not learn English when you were 18. You probably didn't even learn English when you were 12 years old. You started learning English around the age of two. And when you were two, you were introduced into one of the most difficult languages on the, on the planet. And you were two, right? Anything you wanted, anything you needed, you learned a language for it and you learned to communicate it with other people. And, but somehow you have been convinced that you are not a linguistic genius. You're not a savant. But you are because at two, they could have moved you anywhere. Your parents could have moved you anywhere. And you could have moved to Spain and you would have learned Spanish. You could have moved to Paris. You would have learned French. You could have moved to Afghanistan and learned Farsi. China, you probably would have learned Mandarin and Cantonese. Brazil, you would have learned Portuguese. And in England, you would have learned English the proper way. Because when you were born, you had extraordinary capacity. See, there's studies around something called divergent thinking. And what these studies are finding is that about um, 95% of children are naturally divergent in their thinking, which means they think creatively. And, you know, you give a kid one problem and they're going to find 100 different solutions for it. Parents, aunts, um, uncles, you, you know this, Right? the ideas, the solutions, the imaginations, and the things that come out of your child's mouth are mind-blowing sometimes. But see, what happens is around the age of 12, that number flips. And by 12, only 5% of us are divergent thinkers. See, somewhere between infancy and 12, the numbers flip that you're, we're all born with great imaginations and creative essence and intrinsic genius inside of us all, but by the age of 12, it has been beaten out of us. And we learn how to conform and to be like everyone else, and we standardize. Which sounds crazy, but Romans 12 says, do not conform. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be renewed by the transforming 
uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, we do the same thing spiritually. We, you know, so young, we, we think that, uh, you know, we have this, we can be anything we want, right? But then somewhere along the road, someone else was created to do great things for the kingdom of God. And someone else was gifted with talents to do something that matters in this world, but not me. And someone else was marked by God to make a difference, but it wasn't me. See, in the same way that muscles get bigger by working them out, we get good at things that we practice over and over. And if you don't allow God to expand your faith, if you don't allow God um, in your capacity to grow and you don't allow God to awaken your soul and enter into your imagination and to dream and allow him to transform your mind and expand the borders of your experience, your soul will narrow in on itself and will feel as if there's nothing extraordinary about you. And you will settle for conformity and for the mundane and for the dull and you will settle for good and God says, Very good. Who told you that you were naked? Whose voice have you been listening to other than God's? You are an image bearer of God, therefore create. I just want to spend a little bit of the... um, remainder of the time just kind of talking about what creativity is as I know this is like a really big mental shift and it's not just going to happen in like one you know one sermon regardless of how awesome I am so uh hey you guys are listening so um just just ask yourself this what if you started looking at the world as your canvas what would you create how could you bring more beauty more love more kindness into the world And see, the answer to that question is creativity. Now, I know we're not, you know, we're not God and we're not trying to, um, you know, to be God. But, you know, we are to be like God and we are to follow his example. And we were created in his likeness and we're supposed to be imitators of him and to walk in love as Christ walked in love. And so, you know, let's just talk about some of these things. Let's try to expand a little bit our idea of creativity because, again, we've boxed it in so much to a few crafts and trades, and there's so much more to creativity than music, painting, and poetry. Let's talk about the art of parenting, right? If you've been a parent for more than a minute or you've ever watched a child, like babysat a child, you know that there's a lot of creativity that takes place in order just to get through the day sometimes. Um, because problem solving requires creativity. You know, if it isn't that like one-handed baby maneuver where like you're just out of an arm for as long as you have to hold your child until they learn to walk, it's figuring out a way to divert a tantrum or spin cleanup time into something that's actually like fun and enjoyable, or it's making food art so your kids will like just eat a vegetable, or it's creating choices that are wins for both the parent and the child, It's putting Cheerios in the toilet for boys to aim in the bowl. Parenting takes creativity. And in all sincerity, the greatest thing that I have ever had the privilege to participate in creating is my son. And motherhood has required so much creativity from 
this, you know, tired, sleep-deprived brain at times. You have no idea where it comes from, right? But it is, it it challenges you, but it, it creates ingenuity within you, and it creates this endurance and this this meaning to life that, quite honestly, you, you don't experience without without these tiny little humans. And so, you know, I know that one day this little guy of mine is going to be an adult. And the way I, I view the world is also right now his lens of the way he views the world. And ultimately, what I sow into him and what I impart into him I want it to be creativity. I want him to be able to see beauty when he's an adult. I don't ever want him to lose his sense of wonder. And I want him to know joy. And I want him to experience love and life to the fullest and to be love and to give that to others. And, you know, all we can do is because, you know, there's going to be a lot of screw-ups and imperfections and stuff along the way. All we can do is, is hope that, you know, they, it's just a couple counseling sessions that'll fix it when they're older. So, you know, to be an effective parent, though, means to be a creative one. Because the art of parenting is really a highly creative choice and a highly creative act. And I think the moments and the memories that will last in your family are the creative ones. Because creativity brings meaning to life. So here's some other inventions that just took creativity. Cell phones. There was actually a day, kids, when those weren't around. Um, Airplanes, right? Ingenuity and creativity. Espresso machines, brilliant. Um, Oreos. Yes, to Oreos. Thank you. Um, You know, glasses, LASIK surgery, penicillin, pet rocks. Okay, Not not every invention is creative, but hey, the marketing that it took to sell a rock, pretty creative, right? And so, really, what may not be creative to you is, is remarkable and creative to another. We just have to open, just have to kind of expand our minds a little bit. You know, who says that spreadsheets can't be creative? You know, for those that can, like, work numbers and stuff, you, like, you just make my mind implode within itself. Um, You know, spreadsheets, they can be creative. Who says that articulating a grocery list within a certain budget isn't creative, right? It takes some ingenuity. It takes some shifting around. Who says that cooking and baking and presenting food that is just so beautiful isn't creative? Who says a family with one vehicle isn't creative when you are trying to figure out the schedule so that everyone gets to their destinations on time and somehow it works? That's creativity. Who says that mixing the perfect ratio of espresso to milk isn't creative, right? See, it isn't always the product that's creative. It's the intention behind it. And it's the perspective that we place on it. And it's how we live our lives and what we decide to do with our lives that is true creativity. So what you do and how you do it is really the ultimate creative act. Your life is a work of art. And the things you do in it are really just your craft. So the question isn't, are you creative? I hope We don't hear that kind of talk around here anymore. It's like a bad word that I'm not creative, all right? It isn't are you creative. It's what will you create? 
See, I'm not creative just isn't going to work. It doesn't work. There's no such thing as creative and non-creative people. Only people who use their creativity and others that don't. See, unused creativity, it will not just disappear. It lives within us until it is either expressed, it is neglected to death, or it is suffocated out by resentment and fear. The only unique contribution that you'll ever make in this world will be born out of creativity. And it's not a luxury or something that we do in our spare time. You know, when we are creating, we are cultivating meaning. And I hope that this is ultimately for all of us found in full with Jesus Christ. Because when your soul is awakened and you understand how you were created by your creator, not just head knowledge, but, but here too, you will create more love, you will create more kindness, more peace and beauty, and it is freedom and the passion without shame or condemnation, and it is a courageous life. And it is one that each and every single one of us was called to live and was created to live because you were designed as an image bearer marked by God, a reflection of God, and you were created to express and to hold that essence to the life of love. You see, this is art. This is the creative life. This is faith, hope, and love in action. This is what Jesus Christ means when he says, I have come that they may have life and life to the full. This is abundance. And I promise if you allow and seek to awaken your soul with the intention that God has for you, it will breathe fresh air, cool air into your existence and you will start living and it will, cha- it will, it will challenge you. It will change you radically and you will have more meaning than ever in your future. You see, God is your creator, and you were made in his image. Therefore, create. If you guys could stand with me, let's pray. God, I know that we can so easily kind of box in what it means uh, to, to be in relationship with you, and it's just a, a bunch of, of rules and, and guidelines. And I just I pray that uh, you would you would just kind of break that down and diminish that this morning. That we would understand that there is just limitless uh, potential that comes when we are made fully alive through through you through your Son Jesus Christ. Would we? Would we know, would it resonate and move us into action that there is something, there is something that is marked within us in our capacity and, and, and we are unique as humans that we bear the image of God and we are to show that to other people, God. Would you ignite that within all of us? We ask these things in your name, amen. Hey, again, happy Mother's Day, everyone. Don't forget to grab your photo. If you want a family photo, get creative with it. Um, And if you want prayer or anything like that, there will be some people down here. If it's your first time, I'd love to meet you. Have a great Sunday, and happy Mother's Day.